spoiler alert, no coffee for Jordan Kent. Of course not. We'll, uh, Can't we'll, buy a bucket. We'll get Neil Lomax and Judah Newby on here in just a moment. I'm going to have to ask Judah, too, because during the break, you notice there's a box in the corner over here. And in it is a bunch of old little Memrex like uh, audio CDs. One with the uh, NIT Oregon Ducks versus George, George Mason. Mason that Jordan played in. I played in this game. Are you serious? <laughs> At home <laughs> against the Ducks. Yeah. Well, you can take it home. Uh, I, I don't think. I, what do I even play this in? <laughs> yeah, like. Is that I don't like even a, know. I don't even know what format this is. It feels like something they gave you does in, this go in, in college. My, does this go on my PS Vita or something like that? Yeah. My PlayStation Vita. Or? Well, you're an electronics guy. You'll figure I, it out. I don't know, but what are the odds? It kind of looks like a GameCube game. It, it, it yeah. seems like something so insignificant that's really taking up some important real estate in here in the corner of this office. I mean, I, I understand the need to have 14 year old audio <laughs> from of the Oregon NIT. Now, granted, this was right before George Mason made, made their Final Four run. I think this was like the year before they went to the final four tony so. skin jai lewis jai lewis jim no, larinaga jai lewis played in that game yeah did I he really oh yeah, yeah absolutely jim larinaga coaching that team what's up neil <laughs> who yeah <laughs> george who just a couple names that went and over just here, like I'm we sure. just like we guessed neil comes in in the uh in the complimentary pullover that was given to him in a tournament or something like that hey caddies for cure is a big deal isn't it's it? it's a big deal it's a big deal when neil goes there well, you guys, <laughs> great to be here on a Saturday afternoon. It's not raining. Well, you show up in UCLA powder blue without I, coffee for I, me. I go that in my closet true. and whatever's clean Listen. and hanging up and, and semi-folded because I want like, right. to like, look good on radio. Well, I got to roast you because obviously kind of the beans weren't roasted. Oxymoron, oxymoron, right looking good on radio. I don't need to do that. So it's I, okay. There's but, a little stain that could use some oxyclean. No, but. I brought in my in my hydro flask. I got that super greens for you, George. You don't want coffee after noon. It's after twelve o'clock. You don't want coffee. He has a I newborn. have a baby. I have a newborn. <laughs> a newborn. I need coffee twenty four seven. You don't need that. <laughs> oh, okay. You need some sleep. Is what you need. <laughs> well, you don't need caffeine. If you can't get sleep, caffeine's the next best thing. <laughs> By the way, congratulations hey, on the uh, thank you the birth yeah. of the young hey, one. Thank you, George. thank you. Appreciate that. I was being a young father. It's terrific. I've loved every second of it, and you know, I think everything that you think is going to be tough about it really isn't that bad, to be honest. So whether it's the sleep or the diapers or whatnot. It's really not that bad at all, and so I've I've enjoyed it, and yeah, it'll be so great. So by the to third kid, is it just like again with this? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can't I can't speak on multiple kids yet or anything like that. I'm, I'm gonna just enjoy number one for right now and, and do that. You know, not put anything on a timetable for the most part. What's your advice to the young father, Neil? Yeah, enjoy number one because we had four. Uh, <laughs> I was ready to stop after number one. But Lori's like, no, no, no. So we had number two, number three. Let's stop at number three. Number four came, and then. You go see a doctor after that really quick. <laughs> you know, she wasn't going in, Jordan, but you go in, dude. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and get That's it fixed because after that, after four, you know, it's, it is awesome. It, it is awesome, you know, and the congratulations. Well, but, man, you. and it just gets after between two and seven and two and eight, man, it's tough. A lot of work. But well, man, after that, you got the soccer. It's so cool. Nine, 10, 11, little league, okay. soccer, sports. Okay. They get out of preschool. Okay. It's all gonna be good. Well, because right now it's it's not. Again, I, I like to say we have some great time. It's he sits in his little boppy and we watch the <laughs> game. Boppy. It's like an elevated pillow. <laughs> put him there. If he's hungry, you feed him a bottle. You know, burp him a little bit. Put him back in the boppy. Watch some more of the game. 
It's beautiful. He's so, yeah. 16 hours a day. But I hear you. I think I've been around two, three, four-year-olds, and yes, they, they demand a lot more a lot of attention. They can move, but at least you're getting a <laughs> so little bit more So what Neil says is just get through the first eight years, and then it's yeah. smooth sailing from hey, there. Works for me. Works for me. <laughs> well, got a good matchup today, right? We're wearing the, the powder blue, UCLA. After Oregon's uh, performance against Arizona, I'm assuming uh, maybe a little more nerves, Neil, coming into a game like this? Well, I'm not nervous at all. I don't, I don't have to play. But, yeah, this whole, you know, the last, well, last two weeks, really, um, you know, June and I were talking about just all of a sudden that you woke up and they're playing Pac-12 competition. We assume this is a really good football team. Yeah. You know, really good football team. And they got lucky against Washington. You go, okay, they're still a really good football team. I'm buying it. I'm buying the stock. I'm, hey, Justin Herbert, this and that. All of a sudden, Washington State's. What the hell was that? First half, whatever, but they came. But still, overall, they, you know, they lost the game. And then Arizona. It, so this is, right now, maybe just an average football team. I think uh, it is. I, I completely agree with you. They're average right now based upon... And that's just Pac-12 right. talking about, Jordan. Yeah. Pac, an average Pac-12 team. Yeah, I, I think what we're seeing is some injuries are really starting to pile up for this Oregon team. Now, that's not the only reason for their struggles. I think there's a lack of execution and we talked about this stat as well, too, Neil. The imbalance of running versus pass plays for Oregon right now. And there are three good conference games, even though Stanford was a loss. It was a good performance. Stanford, Cal, Washington. They ran the ball at least 42 times in each game. Washington State, they only ran the ball 24 times. Arizona, they only ran the ball, I think, 23 times. Six of those were by Justin Herbert. So abandoning the run, it seemed like it's really hurt Oregon, and I don't know if that's a result of the passing game being so inefficient that you can't open things up for the run game, or those injuries on the offensive line where because you don't have success and you're stalling on these drives early in the game and finding yourself in such a big hole, you now feel like we have to pass to get back into this game. Well, and you're behind. Mm -hmm. Then you get behind. Mm -hmm. I mean, Washington State proved that. You get behind by two, three possessions, two, three scores. Arizona controlled that football game. They dominated that mm -hmm. football game. So when you get behind, uh, you, you're going to throw the ball more. So those numbers get skewed a little bit because of the score. You know, when you're in a game, a one-possession game, that 50-50 balance is what Oregon's been doing. Mm -hmm. And that's changed now because they get behind. And then the ineffectiveness of throwing the football has been the surprise. You say, am I scared? Am I nervous? I'm, just, I'm frustrated watching yeah. a, a really quality young man in college football that has a huge upside, look like Jake Browning now, and I've been bashing Jake Browning all year. Like, what, what's going mm. on with that guy? Mm. Well, Justin Herbert, is that Marcus Arroyo? Is that the whole guy's getting hurt? Not a lot of go-to guys? I mean, there's not the four or five stud-wide receivers that Oregon has always had that you get that two-platoon thing coming in for years. It wasn't just Dylan Mitchell. It was four or five targets, right. Jordan. So that's what I've been surprised there hasn't been a lot of other go-to guys. Well, we were talking about that because Arizona, it seemed like, and even Washington State, we're going to man-press you and force you to get open. And if you're Herbert, and Joey Harrington was saying this on our show the other night, if you're a quarterback and you see man-press, you're looking for your number one receiver. Most often than not, because you feel like he can get it, Whatever open that more concept the is they called, you're right. It's the number one guy because it's press man. You go from one to two to three, and you're looking for that quick crossing route, quick right. go on press coverage. That's the one you're going to go to. But it seems like Oregon's two, three, four receivers are really struggling to create separation. And therefore, Herbert's really having to focus on Mitchell. His launch point's the same to Mitchell, it seems like, every time. And defenses know that. So they know where his eyes are going to go. They can start to really wait towards Mitchell a little bit more. 
and you just don't have a lot of variance. And really, when this team started to look good in the second half against Washington State, it's when he found Schooler on a couple plays, mm-hmm. when he looked on the backside of these route concepts and the guys open against man coverage. So it's – I think – you're onto something where you're just not seeing that depth at the wide receiver position that typically opens things up for Oregon. Countdown to kickoff. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax. We're going to hang around, uh, Jordan and I, for uh, the first segment of their show. Thanks for joining us here on the Oregon College Football Show. Week 10 in the college football season. Double digits already. Welcome into Countdown to Kickoff, taking you all the way up to 4.30. Kickoff between the Ducks and UCLA. I'm Judah Newby. Across from me is the College Football Hall of Famer, Neil Lomax. Continuing cross-talk with the Oregon College Football Post Game Show, the University of Oregon Athletic Hall of Famer, Jordan Kent, and more importantly, a new father. Congrats again. For hey, the second thank time you. That, that. That's the title that matters the most right there, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Brian Perkins, the host of the Oregon College Football Show, joining us as well for uh, Crosstalk as we continue. Talking past tree and the uh, or the route tree concepts during the break. That was fascinating stuff. Now, if just to continue with that, Oregon, you know, if UCLA is going to continue the same defensive concepts that Arizona was trying to employ, that Washington State was trying to employ, that were pretty effective against the Oregon offense, chances are... We'll see some press man from the UCLA secondary, at least at some point in the game today. And we were just talking off the air a second ago, Neil and Jordan. But could you speak again as to the best way to beat that press man coverage for Justin Herbert and company? Yeah, well, you know, Jerry Arnold, who's been that Oregon with Chip, and he's been a defensive coordinator for years. I mean, he's followed Chip around with the Eagles, 49ers, mm-hmm. right, if I'm not mistaken. That's and, right. Uh, so he he's going to do what everybody else has done effectively. That's what you do. You don't make things up. You don't create new ideas. You just steal or borrow from what works. And he's going to look at the last two or three weeks of film uh, of other offenses, what they've done, and other defenses. That's what the, that's what they do. And he's going to say, hey, if Arizona did it this way and was effective with their athletes, why can't we do the same? And that's what they'll do. They'll adjust it that way. And and if it is more of man. And concepts of man, when you use more man-to-man defense, that means you use more stunts and you use more blitzes. Because when you play man, you can bring more than five. So that's pressure on the quarterback. And that's what teams will do. Very rarely will you see a lot of teams play man and only bring four. You know, you can have two free safeties up there. They call that cover two man. But most of the time, it's one high and you're pressing underneath because you want to bring five to six guys. Because you, you want that clock to be three 2.63 seconds, that's all you want that quarterback to throw. If you do that, that's a win for the defense. And I agree with you, Neil. That would probably be the ideal way I would defend the Ducks because what we saw against Washington State and Arizona, Oregon doesn't have a lot of quick developing crossing routes and throws. It seems like a lot of the throws that Oregon is going with, especially when we see Herbert to Mitchell, these are longer dropbacks. These aren't just quick three-step dropbacks into slants and quick outs. These are curls. These are dig routes deeper down the field. And you got to get that ball out of Herbert's hand quickly if you can. And if you can do that, where Mitchell gets you is when he can get a little bit further down the field and then either swim by you or use a lot of his shiftiness to get open. But I think at the line of scrimmage, if you can hold him up a little bit from what we've seen from Washington State putting a lot of pressure on him, you can make things difficult. So that's going to rely on these other secondary receivers for the Ducks that have struggled to get open against coverage the last couple of weeks. And if I'm looking at this Oregon offense, okay, well, the running game's been effective against Washington and Stanford, and Dylan Mitchell's been one of the best receivers in the conference. 
I'm going to make those second, third, and fourth receivers be the ones that have to beat me if I'm playing the Ducks right now. Perkins, I heard you and Ken talking in your pregame show as well. The return of Chip Kelly back to Autzen Stadium. We had the game poll question earlier in this week. Are you going to give an ovation for Chip Kelly? Jordan, you had an impassioned take on that in your pregame show. What was kind of the reaction of the listener and and the fan base to that question? And and what kind of should that conversation look like here? Yeah, it seems like overwhelmingly ovation or at the very least cheering Chip Kelly seems to be the way to go here uh, from from what we're seeing and hearing from fans. And I, I, I would agree with that. I know, Jordan, you agree with that as well. I mean, the the way that Chip Kelly elevated that program, I mean, is is something that we have never seen in the history of basically any college program in the state of in this state. Um, I think that when you look at what happened following Chip Kelly, they get to the national championship game with Mark Helfrich, but they're not able to sustain that success long term. And the consistency that that Chip brought to this organization when a lot of people were doubting him after his first game as a head coach, when Legarrette Blunt punches a Boise State player in the face and gets suspended and they lose that game and they almost lose to Purdue and you know all of a sudden you're you're questioning whether or not he's going to be a head coach getting from that point to a national championship team to winning a Fiesta Bowl uh I mean I just don't know how you can't appreciate what he has done and the things that he did I mean he changed the landscape of college football quite frankly not only just for Oregon but the entire country is now replicating the success. And I know he wasn't the originator of the spread or, or that's the style of offense that they ran, but he definitely made it what it is today in terms of popularity uniforms, all of it. I mean, was under the chip Kelly era. So I, I don't know how you don't uh, step back and appreciate that and, and tell that man, we appreciate what you did for us. And Neil and Jordan, you both, when you remember watching those duck teams from 09 to 2012 and how dynamic they were on offense, Neil, as a viewer, and I know you know a lot of people close to the Oregon program as well, that had to have been so exciting to watch. Well, especially you start from a Dennis Dixon, and then you go to a Marcus Mariota, the Heisman Trophy winner. Hmm. I mean, he was, what, 33-3 and with Pac-12. How many Pac-12 wins? Mm-hmm. 33-3 I mean, in conference. 95% of the fans at Autzen are going to applaud him and appreciate him and be very gracious to him. I mean, he's kind of the story. Because let's face it, UCLA, football-wise, they're not very good. I mean, there's not a lot of athletes are coming out and saying, wow, wait till you see this guy play or this guy play. Um, they don't have the team uh, or the talent like a lot of the Pac-12 players have you want to talk about. So th- the sexy thing is talking about Chip Kelly yeah. coming back. and But that was quite a run. And let's give credit to Mike Bellotti. Now That's what I kind of remember. Mike Bellotti is the one that hired him and then stepped away to take the athletic director job. Yeah, I mean, he brought him over from New Hampshire, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the offense just thrived those for that first year. And then all of a sudden you have that shift in the organizational structure of the football department. And I'm sure that'll make for a good story someday. But you gave Chip Kelly a chance to be a head coach at Oregon. And you saw the success he had over those three years. And he didn't leave on bad terms. This isn't a coach that went to another program because they offered more money or something. He went to the NFL, much Mm -hmm. like any other player would take a chance to go to the NFL. And Mm -hmm. I tell people, okay, you could argue that Chip Kelly had a dynasty going in Eugene. Well, he left school early to go to the NFL. Would you boo Marcus Mariota if he came back to Oregon because he left school early to go to the NFL? No. So I don't think you have any reason or anything to hang your hat on to boo Chip Kelly today. I also think that Chip Kelly's NFL legacy is it's easy to tarnish, but you forget. He won 10 games twice in the NFC East with Philly. And his only playoff loss was a last-minute touchdown drive by Drew Brees. (laughs) 
26-24, the Saints beat him in a wild card. You forget about that. The, the guy won double-digit football games in the NFL twice in a row. All right, uh, Jordan, Brian, we'll let you go. You know, Thanks so much for being generous and joining us on Crosstalk. As always, what's your prediction? I've got Oregon 31-17 over UCLA. Nice. What did you have last week out of curiosity? Uh, you know, I can't remember, but it wasn't. <laughs> Oregon 31-17. It wasn't 44 And the week before that was Oregon 31-17. Yeah, and the week before that was Oregon 31-17. I'm going to pick Oregon. Big Oregon 31-17. Uh, hey, at it. least I'm a man of my word, and I bring coffee for my oh, friends rather than not wow. doing it all. So I'm going to let you guys enjoy your show. Neil, always a pleasure. <laughs> I love it, man. All right, we'll see you guys Congratulations, Daddy. Nick Aliotti will join us coming up. Same with James Crepe of the Oregonian. More countdown to kickoff coming up on the game.